Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Anybody having fun yet? Oh my goodness. It is so cold. And I love every second of it. Bring it on. Jack Weatherman says, wind chill, negative 25. Hope everybody that's not used to it or is new around here is enjoying themselves this awesome Montana winter. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We're going to take you all the way around the world of Montana today. we got another heavy emphasis on the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. It's our last show of the week this week. I'm off tomorrow on my way to a wedding. Congratulations to Ashley and Connor. I can't wait to hang out uh, up there at Quinn Hot Springs and uh, do a little skiing up at Lookout Pass. It's going to be a fun weekend. So uh, first vacay day of 2023 for this guy. So we have a lot to get to today. Uh, to take you into your weekend. District tournaments around the state of Montana for high school hoops are raging on. We got scores, reactions, all of it. We also have a couple interviews from a couple films uh, from the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. Andrew Houghton caught up uh, with a couple filmmakers earlier this week, so we'll play that interview. A skiing and traumatic brain injury theme in his interview. We also... We'll hear uh, from Claire Collins and Gail Holland. They're from Hollywood's Finest, and it's the world premiere here uh, in Missoula uh, tomorrow, 8.15 p.m. at the Wilma. So lots of Big Sky Doc Fest stuff, lots of high school hoops, and college hoops. We'll hear from Danny Sprinkle, Montana State men's basketball coach. His team is playing tonight. They host Sacramento State. Got up with Coach Sprinks earlier this week. We'll also hear from Travis DeCure, the head coach of the Grizz basketball team. His team not playing tonight, so uh, a little less timely of an interview. But uh, most of it's just about the evolution of the Grizz and some of their players. And there's only a couple thoughts on there on Portland State. So um, make the rounds with the Grizz as well. And then we'll hear from Missoula Hellgate head coach Jeff Hayes as well as part of our Garden City Spotlight. Travis DeCure, Jeff Hayes, and our main man, Rajim Seabrook. They'll all be with us here in the second hour of Nuanas Now. So very much looking forward to it. Uh, Rajim will help us talk our way around um, high school hoops, talk some history stuff, got some buy-sell. That includes the NFL, the NBA, the Big Sky Conference, and uh, specifically Montana State football and the uh, the situation that's going on. And it's continued to uh, transpire with Zach Cruz, former Missoula Sentinel Standout, who's now uh, officially attempting, at least, to walk on to the Montana State football team. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So there you go. It's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have, give Brent and his team a call today. You want to stream the show? You always can. 102.9 or 102.9 ESPN.com, excuse me. You're listening on 102.9 ESPN Radio. Uh, and then if you want to stream the show, you can always do it on the ESPN Montana app as well. And if you want to get a hold of us, you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Let's dive into a prep extra presented by Farmer's State Bank. Farmer's State Bank, enriching the lives of Montanans. Since 1907, here's a look at what's gone down so far today. An incredibly busy day here uh, in high school hoops. 
Then you got the Eastern A tournament going on. You got the Western A tournament going on up in Ronan. You got the Western B tournament going on in Anaconda. You got the Northern C, the Western C rolling already as well. And then you'll have uh, pretty much all the other divisional tournaments that I didn't just mention uh, rolling starting tomorrow. So we'll have full results for you on Monday as well. Here's a look at what's going on on the eastern side of the state. Tight game early in the Eastern A. Billing Central, one of the favorites in that tournament, but they got all they could handle from Haver, but they emerged with a 49-46 victory. Kyler Northrup, 18 points, 10 rebounds to lead Billing Central, so a double-double for him. In the second game of the day, Harden beat Miles City, 51-39. Kingston Hugs led four players in double figures for Harden, 13 points, 7 steals. In the uh, Western A. Frenchtown beat Columbia Falls 69-50. to Connor Machat had 23 points uh, for the Bronx. At the Western B Tournament, Missoula Loyola all over Thompson Falls, 78-27. Easton Stack continues his awesome year. He has 29 points for the Rams. They're the top-ranked team in Class B. They're the favorites in that Western B Tournament, and they're rolling right now. In the Northern C in boys hoops, Box Elder almost doubles up Cascade, 84-45. Impressive effort there by Box Elder. Great Falls Central, uh, they get past Dutton Brady, 59-45. In the Western Sea, West Yellowstone beats Charlotte, 72-40. And Harrison, Harrison Willow Creek beats Drummond, 53-47. In girls' hoops at the Eastern A Tournament, Elise Abbey's 23 points, paces Laurel past Lewistown, 66-61. Harden outlasts Miles City, 56-54. At the Western A Tournament, the Frenchtown girls, 51-35 over Columbia Falls. Sadie Smith with a big game in that morning action, 23 points for her. And Browning, they continue their outstanding year. Only one loss so far for the Indians, and uh, they roll past Stevensville, 65-54. Mecca Bullchild, 30 points. Uh, The top scoring output in either of the A tournaments so far this year. In the Western B in girls' hoops, Thompson Falls gets past Florence Carlton, 61-49. Missoula Loyola doubles up Eureka, 70-34. Geo Horner with 18 points to lead the Breakers. Northern Seagirls Tournament, belt all over Augusta, 60-19. Chinook, no trouble with Cascade, 62-39. Haley Neubauer has 28 points to lead Chinook. Western Sea, Twin Bridges, no trouble with Charlo, 58-23. Ennis. Uh, gets past Seely Swan, 63-50. to 50. Marisa Snyder has 27 points to lead Ennis. So a bunch of high-scoring games and a bunch of uh, fun action from around the world of divisional tournaments. As part of our prep extra coverage here on Nuanas Now, we also like to give you a rundown of what's going down in the Bitterroot Valley as well. So here's your Bitterroot breakdown. Here's some of the scores from the teams from down there uh, in the Bitterroot Valley. Hamilton got off to a good start at the Western A Tournament up there in Ronan. The Hamilton boys, 54-44, they win that one. Other Western A action from up there today. I gave you that Frenchtown Columbia Falls score. Browning plays Dillon tonight at 6.30, and Whitefish plays Butte Central at 8.30. I know those aren't Bitterroot teams, but that's just where the uh, the A action's going down. In the girls' tournament, I gave you that... uh, Frenchtown Columbia Falls score. He also had the Stevensville score in there. Browning uh, outlasting the Yellow Jackets. Polson and Hamilton are going right now. And then Ronan and Dillon play at 5 o'clock up there in Ronan. Other stuff from the last couple days from Bitterroot teams. Darby went to the 13C uh, district championship in boys' hoops, but they lost to Drummond 42-40. to In the third-place game of the District 6B tournament last week, Florence Carlton destroyed Deer Lodge 73-26 to advance uh, to the divisional. And uh, in girls' hoops uh, in Class C, Phillipsburg beats Darby 52-35. These these scores are from uh, last week. So um, always fun checking in with the Bitterroot Valley teams. Let's see if I can get any other real-time scores. That was my running total from right before we went on the air. But um, we might have even more. Um, in the meantime, you're listening to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Thanks for hanging out with us here on your Thursday. It's my Friday, so that's fun. It's always fun when uh, that's the scenario. Although, 
you know, that's the new that's the new thing. Talking about not living for the weekend. Well, when you work in sports, there's no such thing as the weekend because <laughs> your Saturdays are always taken up. But I am excited to get away and. Uh, I buried the lead. The news of the day is that the Grizz are supposed to be playing at home tonight, and they're not because Portland State's not here. They couldn't get out of Portland. So Grizz game postponed. They're searching for a time to reschedule. I don't know how you're going to do that because you got another game on Saturday, and then you got another game on Monday, and then the Big Sky Tournament is less than a week away. There's a, a thought that they might play next Wednesday, but that's going to be a brutal turnaround then uh, on the way to Boise. So I don't really know. How this is all going to play out. Actually, I th- here's my theory, though. I think they're going to see what happens with Idaho State, Sac State, and then what if Portland State can get to Bozeman on Saturday? What happens with those three teams, Portland State, Idaho State, and Sac State? They're all tied at 6-9. and nine. They're all in fifth place right now. Six teams get buys. So two of those three are going to get a buy. One of them's not. What happens Saturday? What happens Monday? If it's inconsequential for the standings, I think they're going to just cancel the game. If it's of consequence of the standings, I think they got to figure out a way to play it. So, I don't know. I don't know what uh, the uh, the future holds here, but um, certainly, I don't know if it's one of a kind because we certainly had some cancellations, of course, during the pandemic year, which was awful, and it was awful reporting them on this show all the time. But I, I really can't really remember uh, a weather cancellation. So, <laughs> I don't know. Here we are. Um, I'm looking through these brackets to see if there's any real-time results that I can give you. Oh, here's a, here's a recent one that I didn't name. In the uh, Western B Boys Basketball Tournament, Florence, as part of our Bitterroot Breakdown, presented by Farmer State Bank, Florence Carlton uh, beats Eureka 74-66. At the Western B uh, Girls Tournament, our most recent results include Thompson Falls beating Florence Carlton's girls 61-49, and then uh, Big Fork, Absolutely the favorites in Class B girls basketball, one of the last undefeated teams in the state, boys or girls. They just absolutely ramshackled Deer Lodge 69 to 13. So the uh, Valkyries, when you're playing Class B hoops and you got multiple D1 level players, you're going to have a pretty good shot. So um, we'll keep you apprised. We'll have an update for, of some more scores uh, probably in the second hour, but we transition out of prep basketball. That is our prep extra presented by Farmer State Bank. Go get your scholarship applications in. They're giving away 10 $10,000 scholarships to aspiring high school seniors. Visit FarmersEbank.com backslash scholarship. Big Sky Documentary Film Festival, one of my favorite events of the year. It's the 20th rendition of it. It's running through Sunday. Uh, and uh, I've got a chance to check out a couple docs, go to a couple of the doc parties. Always a really fun time. And I always love getting to meet the filmmakers, and I always love featuring them. Uh, on this show and on our various stations here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. We have a couple in-studio interviews coming up here in about 15 minutes. We also have an interview that Andrew Houghton performed for us earlier this week. Uh, Andrew, just set this one up for people. Um, just tell them about just kind of the theme of this and uh, and uh, maybe uh, who the filmmaker is that you were talking with. Yeah, real inspiring story here, Coulter. Uh, I met at actually one of the film festival parties early this week. Uh, a former professional skier by the name of Jamie Mo Crazy. Uh, that's who the film is about. Uh, she was skiing at a world championship final, suffered a, a really tough uh, fall. I mean, so bad. The people at the ski resort were preparing her, her death report. Oh, jeez. Uh, flew her to the hospital in Vancouver, uh, a long multi-year uh, recovery process from a, from a really traumatic brain injury. She'll tell you a little bit more about it. Uh, and that set her and her family on a path of advocacy for people suffering from this type of brain injury. It's, you know, the funds for these kinds of injuries are, are vary from state to state. Uh, it's not consistent. The treatment options for something like this are not consistent. And these are injuries where the recovery can linger for years and years and years. Even when you're, you're out of the hospital, you're always still recovering. Uh, so Jamie and her sister Jeannie uh, stopped by the studio to talk about their film, which just sort of details her process of recovery and their new process of, of advocacy uh, for injuries like this. All right, let's roll it. And joining us now as we continue our great coverage of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival, one of my favorite weeks of the year, where we get to talk and interact and learn about so many great stories. Uh, and another one coming up for you here today on Nuanez Now. Joining me in the studio, 
Jamie Mo Crazy and Jeannie Crane Mosey, the filmmakers and the participants, actually the subjects of the documentary film Hashtag Mo Crazy Strong. Guys, first of all, just tell us uh, where, where we can see this film. You guys are premiering it this week at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. We are, and we are so excited to be here. Missoula is so cute and awesome. We're having an amazing time. And um, we're premiering on Saturday, February 25th at 3 p.m. at the Wilma Theater. There you go. Saturday, 3 p.m. at the Wilma for uh, the world premiere of the film Hashtag Mo Crazy Strong. Have you guys ever been to Montana before? Is this your first time in Montana and Missoula? It's my first time in Montana, but Jeannie has been to Montana before. I spent a week in Whitefish in the summer a few years ago, which was very beautiful. Um, and this is my first time in Missoula. Very nice. So let's talk a little bit about the background of this film. Uh, you two are, are sisters, but the story behind this film is, is both of yours, but really it's Jamie's. And Jamie, just tell us a little bit about what this film is about. I'd love to. So I was a professional X Games slope style and half pipe skier. And I was actually competing at World Tour Finals in 2015. And Jeannie was there. It was her first World Tour Finals. And she was watching me in the slope style. She gave me a hug when I dropped in for my run. I took off on a trick that I was doing a double flip on. And I landed on my feet, but I caught an edge. And I whiplashed my head onto the snow in such a way my brain started bleeding in eight spots. And I hurt my right brainstem, which paralyzed my right side. And she witnessed it all. And this film, Hashtag Mo Crazy Strong, is, is the story of your recovery, essentially, from that injury and the, the process that went into that. How long did it take you? What was that process like for, for both of you? Yeah, so um, Jamie was immediately in a coma for 10 days. And then what counted as being out of the coma was that she could open her eyes three times for about 10 seconds. So it took another few weeks of just kind of waking up. Um, she ended up being in the hospital for three and a half months, and then there was months of extensive therapy every day after that. So it was basically a year plus recovery, a year of that acute recovery, and then a few years after that of the fine tuning. Um, actually, when it initially happened, we nobody thought she'd survive. Um, the ski patrol in Whistler wrote her fatality report because their training showed that it was one in a miracle chance she'd make the helicopter ride to Vancouver and still be alive. And thankfully, they didn't have to sign the death certificate. Yeah. Wow. And, and I had to relearn how to walk, how to talk, how to ski, how to ride a bike. I was basically born again. I had to go through my whole childhood and I don't remember any of that. So I always look to Jeannie to explain what happens because I had serious amnesia for six weeks after I woke up, which means by serious amnesia, like that movie, 50 First Dates, Sure. Absolutely no memory at all. And then my mind started to come back slowly and I still had short-term memory loss, but I don't remember any of the most impactful moments of my life. That's incredible. Uh, Jeannie, what was it like for, for you? you? You know, you were there when, when this incident happened and then you were there throughout the entire recovery. What was it like for you uh, watching your sister go through that? Well, I, I always like to start by saying it's called a life-changing injury for a reason, and it's not just for the person it happens to, but all of the people around them. So it absolutely was life-changing. It was the most traumatic thing that I lived through at that time. Um, I was the only family member on site, but within 24 hours, the rest of our immediate family was also there. And we, we went through it together. So it shows in the film how strong our family is together and how much involvement we had in Jamie's recovery and in supporting the doctors and in really pushing what is now viewed to be possible as a brain injury recovery. The film is called Hashtag Mo Crazy Strong. Uh, it is premiering Saturday at 3 p.m. at the Wilma Theater. This is one you're going to want to go out and watch because this is an incredible story of trauma and recovery and advocacy. Jamie Mo Crazy, the subject of the film, and her sister, Jeannie Crane Mosey, with us here in the ESPN Missoula studios. Jamie, you said you, you, you had amnesia with a lot of the, the important moments of your recovery. When did that 
stop? And, and when did were you able to start remembering things again? And, and then what were the big moments in your recovery that you do remember? So one of my first memories was actually very vague in the hospital um, when I moved my arm for the first time again. And it was actually, um, they had a, electronic stuff put on it to make it move for the first time. And I vaguely remember that because I had damage to my right brainstem, which paralyzed the entire right side of my body. And one of the first memories I have is... Um, when my mom would tape down my strong hand in the hospital and make me utilize and work my weak hand in the hospital, which we understand now looking back is encompassing the neuroplasticity factor of rebuilding your synaptic connections in your brain pathways by setting habits and forcing yourself to walk through those habits for long enough that you actually change your brain. And that's what she she did. Like it, it wasn't me. I had so much support throughout this entire journey and so many opportunities, which is something that we're actually really passionate about is the opportunities to recover. It's Jamie Mo Crazy and Jeannie Crane Mosey, the filmmakers and two of the subjects of the documentary film Hashtag Mo Crazy Strong, which is premiering again Saturday, 3 p.m. at the Wilma you guys are hosting an event 6 to 8, right, at Stockman Bank on Friday. That is open to the public. What are your guys' plans for, for this film and this, this mission uh, after you guys have your world premiere on, on Saturday? Um, our next stop is the Atlanta DocuFest um, on March 6th. And then we go actually straight to Washington, D.C., where we have the honor of showing this film on Capitol Hill with members of uh, Congress and government and take one-on-one -on -one meetings with certain representatives that are supporting bills federally and statewide to be able to have more support for traumatic brain injury recovery. It's kind of mind-blowing to me that we live in the United States of America and care is not equalized throughout the different states. And that's our goal, to equalize traumatic brain injury recovery and give opportunities to survivors so they do not have to become a part of the cost to society of traumatic brain injury has been recorded at 76.5 billion dollars in the United States. And we want to change that. It's a worthwhile mission. It's a great and inspiring film, which again, you can watch 3 p.m. at the Wilma on Saturday. Guys, if, if people want to become involved in this, if, if people uh, want to learn more, of course, the event at Stockman Bank, you mentioned 6 to 8 p.m. on Friday, the night before the premiere. Uh, but where can people go online to, to find out more about this? The first place is our website, mocrazystrong.org. And then you can follow me, Jamie Mo Crazy, on Instagram. And I'm Jeannie Crane Mosey. And we love it when people reach out. We've been able to do a lot of peer-to-peer -peer guidance. We've had people come in as advisory roles or help network for our nonprofit or just have an interesting conversation. So please follow us and reach out if you're interested. It's Jamie Mo Crazy and Jeannie Crane Mosey filmmakers, uh, subjects as well of the documentary film Hashtag Mo Crazy Strong premiering again Saturday at the Wilma at 3 p.m. Guys, thank you so much for coming in and sharing this story with us and, and taking some time. Thank you so much for having us. BigSkyFilmFest.org. If you want to see the whole schedule, the whole deal, what's going on. We are, uh, it's been rolling for almost a week now and uh, it'll keep on rolling through the weekend, the 20th anniversary of the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival, we have next in studio a couple filmmakers, Claire Collins and Gail Holland, the film Hollywood's Finest. I'm going to leave it ambiguous so that you stick around. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. 
As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio Missoula. I did not choose this song to pair with the film, but it's fitting. I chose the song because Jason Isbell and the 400 unit coming to Missoula on the 4th of July. I got my tickets today, so very excited about it. Uh, But also, sort of a melancholy song to talk about. What is a very pressing and serious, and in some ways sad film about a very uh, pressing, serious, and uh, certainly sad uh, issue in uh, one of the biggest cities in America. Welcome back to On Is Now, ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. Our Big Sky Documentary Film Festival coverage continues, and now in studio, have a couple more filmmakers. We have Claire Hannah Collins, a director and a producer of the film Hollywood's Finest, as well as Gail Holland, who's a reporter and a producer on this film as well. Thanks so much for being here. How are you guys doing? Great, thank you. Yeah, we're great. Thank you so much for having us. So you guys are up from L.A., right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm glad we gave you this, the, the greatest Montana weather to welcome you to town. It's, <laughs> it's cold in Montana, but it is not negative 20 with the wind like it is today, I promise you. <laughs> Lisa, have you guys ever been to Montana before? I've been to Montana before, yeah, but not to Missoula, and it wasn't it wasn't like this weather. I was here in the summertime. So yeah, it's, it's, it's exhilarating. It totally yeah. is. It's one of the only places you can live where you get about a hundred degrees in variance. It could be below zero in the winter and uh, over a hundred in the summer. So, have you ever been to Montana, Gail? Yeah, I've been to Helena. Oh, cool. Very good. Well, uh, let, let's talk <coughs> about just sort of the inspiration for this film. I, I guess first, uh, Claire, just tell people what you, the film is just generally about. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I think this is really a film about motherhood and fighting to create a family in impossible circumstances. Um, but Mackenzie, the main, the protagonist of our film, uh, is a young woman who, when we met her, she was seven months pregnant and living in a tent in Hollywood. Um, and her mother, Kat, who's also in the film, was also unhoused at the time. Um, so it's really about their relationship and their efforts to, you know, see the pregnancy through and um, as Mackenzie, you know, became a mom. And Gail, you've worked at the LA Times for close to two decades. Mm-hmm. This originated, right, as as you just covering sort of the, the lack of affordable housing, the homeless community, all that sort of stuff, right? Well, I have covered that for a lot of years, but um, <clears throat> Claire was the person who's really interested in, like, what happens? Because there's so many young women out in the streets in LA, like, what happens when they get pregnant. So it started with something, a pretty simple through line there. (laughs) But what we found out again by meeting Mackenzie and her mom was all the issues of intergenerational homelessness that most places, I I just don't think that's been written about enough. So Certainly a poignant topic for us here in Missoula because it it certainly is... um, something that we talk about and debate and uh, certainly a huge influence in uh, our public decisions and a lot of our city council. And uh, we have a mayor race going on right now, and that's certainly something that's going to be talked about uh, extensively. This film, Hollywood's Finest, screens 8.15 p.m. on Friday night at the Wilmots, the world premiere. Um, Claire, obviously a very sensitive subject. When you're going about making a, a documentary and a film about uh, people that are so just inherently vulnerable. How, how do you go about being delicate with that and, and not exploiting that, but still telling their story? That's such a good question. Um, and it was something that we honestly, you know, wrestled with throughout production and post-production was wanting to be so considerate. Um, I think in this case, you know, the reason we got connected with Mackenzie was actually because Kat, her mom, called Gail and said, my daughter is living in a tent in Hollywood. She's seven months pregnant. Um, can you please go cover this? Um, so right, the fact and that the police had taken all her stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which happens all the time. Right. Um, so a big part of what enabled us to do this and why we felt really good about it was because Mackenzie and Kat were so adamant that they wanted, they needed to share their story. Um, and they felt, you know, Kat's talked about really feeling invisible her whole life. Um, 
but you know, so much of this, we, we filmed this over about three years. Um, we're still in touch with McKinsey and Kat. Um, so much of the process was about building trust with them and, mm-hmm. and building relationships with them um, and letting them know that we're here because we care about what's happening to you. So. Yeah, you talk about just this needing to be covered more, and I, I couldn't agree more. So often I think, and we see this across Montana because there are certain towns in Montana that um, help and support giving back and, and supporting homeless people in our communities, and there's others that it's just not, frankly, not allowed. And uh, it, it makes for a lot of debate on the local, statewide uh, levels. What do you hope people take away from this? Uh, what do you hope people learn from this? And why do you think this is so important? Well, <clears throat> what I, I think the main thing I think was important about the project was for people to get to know Mackenzie and her mom. Sure. They're very dynamic people with so much to give. And they, and they give you know, in many ways, and they're not, so many people only see homeless people as, um, you know, as marginal. They may pity them, they may want to help them, but they don't actually face the fact that we're wasting this human potential that's out there. Mm. I also, to me, what was important because I'd covered homelessness so much was all the systems that feed into homelessness that people don't understand. Mackenzie and her mother were both in foster care as young children. Their uh, cat's mother had untreated mental illness. Um, These are all failed systems of our uh, society and people don't make that connection; they just make the drug connection. Totally. I mean, so. you think you think of uh, there's a, there's a premise or I guess a thought process out there where people think, like you're saying, it's it's either sympathy or just completely disposable. Get this away from me. I don't want to acknowledge that this exists. Rather than this is what probably you wanted to get out of this, right, Claire? To, to actually put a human face to a very serious problem. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean. Getting to know Mackenzie and Kat transformed the way that I understand all these issues. It really changed my worldview in a lot of ways. As Gail said, it started off as a really simple question. We thought we were telling a story primarily about homelessness, but then through getting to know Mackenzie and Kat, learned that, oh, this is actually about all these complex systems um, and all the systemic failure. Um, And I think you only really understand those intersections when you get to know the individual people and get invested in their stories. Claire Hannah Collins, Gail Holland in studio with us here on Nuana's Now. The film Hollywood's Finest is screens at 8.15 tomorrow evening at the Wilma. It is the world premiere, and this is also up for the best feature competition here at the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. Um, What do you anticipate the experience being like watching people watch your movie? Um, I'm so excited. I'm so, so grateful that we get to share this. This was such a long time coming. We started in 2018. Um, you know, Mackenzie and Kat have seen the film and are really proud of it and I'm really happy to be sharing it. But I think it's going to be really emotional. I mean, I still get emotional when I watch clips and stuff. It's it's a heavy story. So, Have you ever been involved, Gail, in the, in the making of a documentary or has your journalism experience mostly just been in, in print? Yeah, print. I'm like an old school print person. Which I, which I love. Yeah. I was an old newspaper man myself. So what what do you expect this experience to be like? I mean, actually seeing your words then come to a, to a big screen. Well, I'm incredibly excited. And for unknown reasons, it didn't really occur to me that this is going to be a completely new experience. <laughs> because, because I really... Will re- I know that I personally will respond to the big screen in a way that I just don't on totally. computers and everything. Plus, it's be- you know the work of it is behind us. So I'm hoping to have. It's a very emotional um, piece. It's not didactic. I wanted to mention one other thing, which is, you know, L.A. County has 88 cities. It's exactly the same in L.A. County, despite L.A. County being one of the most liberal cities in the country. Totally. Of, of the 88 cities, there's only maybe 20 who are willing to do anything to help. So the uh, even though we're obviously from very different parts of the country, I just think it's when I listen to you or other places I've been, it's just not that different. Totally. You know? What do you what do you hope people without spoiling this? What do you hope people take away from this? 
I think so much of the story is also about community, yeah. you know, and, and chosen family. And um, again, spending time with Mackenzie changed the way that I experience, you know, meeting people who are unhoused. And um, I think it just, for me, created more of a visceral understanding that like, yes, of course, this is a fully complex human who's worth getting to know. So I, I hope people feel a bit of that. Yeah, and part of the uh, thing that I think Claire captured so well was that Mackenzie had a very fractured nuclear family situation, but she had a community on the street. And again, people kind of don't know that. They just think those people are out there to do drugs together. Yeah. Right. And that's not the case. Yeah, and I want to add, this is a really heavy story, but... Um, you know, part of the reason we spent so long at it was, was because we love spending time with Mackenzie and Kat. They're amazing people. Um, they're worth spending time with. They're worth spending time getting to know through this film. Um, so I, I hope people feel that way too. When it comes to this sort of the presentation of this, um, I think there's a perception maybe that homeless people are like victimized themselves or they blame the circumstance that they're in. How do you balance those two things? Sort of like the, the machine of society that we can't help but live in and so many different circumstances that impact your life that are completely out of your control, but also not victimizing the people that that, that does affect. That's such a heavy and a hard question. <laughs> it is hard, right? I mean, that's so existential. It's, you totally, know, like, right what choices do people really have in front of them? Right. I think for me with this, it was also, um, you know, just this question of, even if someone made a wrong choice, why did it make sense to them to make that choice? Right. You know? Yeah. It, it, it was, even though, like I said, I pretty much covered homelessness for, I can't even admit to how many years, but like 10 years. Given that homelessness, I have not fixed it yet. You might have noticed. <laughs> but, um, I was just, my mind, you know, I had moments of being like, come on, can't you do this in my mind? Sure. You know, can't you get it together? Can't, you know, right. come on, let's clean your apartment or whatever. But by the end, I just felt so differently. I just really felt that I could see how, you know, how different, the difference between somebody like me who had, you know, a very secure, safe family, supportive education, brothers and sisters, you know, she had none of that. Right. Like, she had a brother that she tried to reunite with. We didn't even put this in the project. It was, she was young and I, you know, on Facebook, we found a lot of things on social media where she was begging this guy to be part of her family. And for whatever, I mean, I'm not blaming him for not doing that, sure. but yeah, it's a lot. Their experience is so different, so... Hollywood's Finest makes its world debut tomorrow night at the Wilma, 8.15 p.m. You want to get tickets? Visit BigSkyFilmFest.org. Have a couple of the filmmakers here in studio. Claire Hannah Collins, Gail Holland in studio with us. Uh, last thing for you then, um, I mean, is there anything else you want to add? Or, I mean, I guess uh, put a bow on this for for us. What, what, do you, what do you hope people take from this? Well, one thing I would say is I just think because to me it was a discovery about this intergenerational um, mm -hmm. phenomenon that a lot of families have who different people at different times are unhoused. And it's that is not simply about all the other causes of homelessness. That's because we've let it fester for so long. Right. So I hope people understand that. I mean, think about it. You know, it sounds polemical, but the richest country that we actually let people like generation after generation totally grow up without a home. It's just like, it's pretty outrageous, I think. Um, I'll just add that there are a lot of moments of joy in this film, and I think that's really important that um, people always find ways to find humor and, and joy and meaning in their lives, and that was really inspiring to me. I love it. I love that you guys are putting a, uh, humanizing this because uh, I think this is going to resonate with people in Missoula quite a bit. Congratulations and uh, best of luck tomorrow. I hope it goes well. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank so much for you. and thanks for coming in as well. Very nice to meet you. You too. BigSkyFilmFest.org. Go check it out. There's hundreds of films. You can stream a bunch of them online if you can't make it down. Uh, but go see this one down at the Wilma. It's going to be a uh, really, really impactful and I'm sure uh, very emotional movie. 8.15 p.m., the world debut of Hollywood's finest
Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank Nuwana's you. Now, ESPN Radio. Talk some college hoops. Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach. Next, keep it right here. 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. One is now on ESPN Radio. One is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on a Thursday. No show tomorrow, so we're getting it all packed in. The Grizz basketball game against Portland State tonight has been postponed. We'll see if there's a reschedule. I'm not sure. The Lady Grizz couldn't get into Portland because all the flights were down there. All the flights were getting canceled or postponed or whatever. So Lady Grizz jumped on a bus. Bust from uh, Missoula, made it to Vancouver, Washington, but then couldn't get up the highway into the city because there was so, there's a huge, I mean, obviously there's a snowstorm here in Montana, but uh, we're a little bit more equipped to handle it than the big metropolitan areas in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, accidents and abandoned car, cars getting abandoned, it all made for a massive traffic jam and the Lady Grizz couldn't get into Portland, but they are on the way to Portland they are on their way to the Stott Center. Portland State has bumped the tip back of this game. It's supposed to tip at 6 p.m. Pacific. Now it's tipping at 7 p.m. Pacific, so that's 8 p.m. here at Montana Standard Time. Portland State put out a release that they were advising fans to not come. So <laughs> could be an empty arena there at the Stott Center, unfortunately, for the Lady Grizz game. But that one will happen. I, I've got a bunch of questions on Twitter. Why is the men's game canceled and the women's game's not? I don't have an answer for you. It seems inequitable to me. But uh, the Montana women's basketball team will play Portland State tonight. The men's basketball team, their game against Portland State on hold. Maybe rescheduled, maybe canceled. We'll let you know. In Bozeman, Sac State's there. They arrived yesterday morning safe and sound. They're good to go. And uh, they play at Montana State tonight. Time now for our Montana State Minute, presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. And down the stretch we come. Just a couple weeks left in the regular season for Big Sky Conference men's basketball. Big Sky Conference tournament on the horizon. I made the entire outline for our feature uh, schedule coming up at SkylineSportsMT.com. And uh, got all of our hotel rooms booked. So, Boise, just around the corner. We're joined now by Danny Sprinkle, the head coach of the Montana State men's basketball team. And before we get into your huge win over Montana on Saturday, Coach, kind of crazy that we're coming down the stretch here, um, but what do you think of just sort of the state of your season right now, and, and when it does get to this time where you know you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, how does that change your mentality, and uh, how do you think you guys are, are doing preparing mentally to make the transition into postseason play? We didn't play great on Saturday again. You know, both games against Montana, you know, I thought they did a good job, you know, guarding us at times, and you know, we have some really careless turnovers. We had missed layups, uh, and we had a ton of just, I mean, the shots we missed were wide open shots for the most part. Well, that's something you've been talking about uh, for a couple of weeks is you guys are getting a yeah. lot of good looks from three, and you've been knocking down some threes, yep. but you know you haven't had these games where a lot of, some of the other teams in the league have had where you hit 10, 12, 13 threes. So, I mean, do you have to just kind of stay the course in that element and uh, just keep moving the ball and getting the open looks that you are getting? Yeah, that, that's all you can do, you know, because uh, teams, you know, they're going to they're gonna double and they're going to, you know, get down there and rake and dig on Jabril and great, you know, and then it just comes down to, you know, either making one more pass or we got to start driving you know, we got to, you know, sometimes you pass up an open three if you're not shooting the ball well and, and drive the ball and attack their long closeout, try to get the ball to the rim again or get the ball to the paint and make their defense collapse. Danny Sprigal joining us here on the Montana State Minute, presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. And coach, it was it was such a, a, a knockdown, drag out, physical game, and, and I know that there was a lot to that. But in, just in terms of being able to rise to the occasion and finish it off, regardless of how uh, lack of flow there was in the basketball game against Montana on Saturday, what do you think of your team's ability? Because I know you talk about toughness a lot. So what do you think of the toughness that they showed? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was good. You know, it was a physical game. You know, I went back, I watched. Obviously, there was a lot of foul calls, but I'll tell you what, they were fouls. And I don't care what anybody says, they were fouls. And there was actually a couple that weren't called, to be honest with you. So, it, uh, you know, but that's that's what we do. And it's what they do. Try to play physical and and uh, get the ball to the paint. You know, you try to establish your strength. And that's, that's one of our strengths is throwing it to our post guys and driving the basketball to the rim. Uh, and I thought we did a good job of that. 
I thought your comments after the game were tremendous just in terms of uh, pointing out and, and giving credit to the hierarchy of leadership there at Montana State. And I think you know, I said this on this show earlier this week. I think, you know, 50 years from now, we're going to look back and remember Wadad Cruzado as one of the most impactful and important Montanans of the early part of the, of the 21st century. I think she's really changed the landscape of higher education in this state. And that has then led to all of this great success at Montana State, not just in athletics, but in academics and the rise of the enrollment and the campus just bustling and thriving like it is. But it, I think it is. It's a good reemphasis and a good reminder of just how important uh, leadership starting at the very top can be. Oh, no question. She's a pioneer of sorts. She's a bulldog. You know, she, she knows what's best for the students, for athletics, for the, the community and the university. And she's not going to stop until she gets it because she knows she knows what's right. And, and I will say this, she's got to fight for everything she gets at Montana State. I'm not saying any other school in the state, but what, what President Cruzado has to do in order to get stuff passed for Montana State University, like she, she's really one of the only people that can do it uh, because she's relentless and she's fought for everything that she's gotten here. And trust me, when I say she's fought, she's had to overcome a lot of stuff and a lot of people in order to get things done for Montana State University. Danny Sprinkle here on Nuanas Now. Uh, last thing about this last weekend before we get into some stuff from this upcoming weekend, Coach. Uh, I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about Raekwon Battle. I know we've talked about him quite a bit, but I think it's just so impressive to watch the way that he's grown and matured. And also the fact that he and Cola Badbear on the Montana State women's team, they've really been mm-hmm. put under the spotlight as sort of these advocates for this No More Missing Relatives initiative. And Cola Badbear has been such a great pioneer for the, the No More Stolen Sisters act that she's a part of. Uh, but Raekwon he it's just been so fun to watch him and he came to the postgame press conference and he's holding this awesome blanket that somebody made him as a birthday present and on one side he's got bobcat logos and blue and gold all over it on the other side this majestic tapestry as an homage to native american art and also uh, you know a tribute to his grandmother who he lost a couple of years ago i know we, we yep. talked about him a lot but you just must be so proud of this kid for, for making the most of this opportunity and growing not just on the court but holistically as a man no question. Like it, it's it's actually hard not to even get a, emotional when I start talking about his growth because I've seen it from day one. Like how much he's grown up, how much he's matured, how much he started to trust me, trust our staff, trust our our program, and now he's completely engulfed in our culture. And he's he's even helping take our culture to another level. Um, you know, seeing he's such a good person with a great heart. You know, and that's why him and Cola, like they're just they're tremendous advocates. You know, for that. Obviously, they're great players, but they're just, they're tremendous people, you know, and, and they have great energy about them, and that's why people follow them and want to follow them. We talk all the time, and, you know, as good a player as he is, it's, it's not even about that, you know. Like, he's going to, he's going to, and he already has, he's going to impact so many kids and people, whether they're Native American or not, you know, the impact that he has on people, uh, you know, that's, that's going to be his legacy here. Well, so cool, and that's what sports are supposed to be all about. And I'm so proud of everybody there at Montana yep. State for, for giving this elevated platform to Native peoples around the state and around the country. It's 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 a really, really cool thing, and I know it means a lot to, to my family and everybody else uh, that gets an opportunity to, to observe it. Danny yeah. Sprinkle joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. And Coach, no rest for the weary. You're coming off of a rivalry win, coming off your first sweep over the Grizz since 2010, but now you got a couple more tough ones this upcoming weekend <clears throat> at your last home weekend for the regular season. So um, just break it down for us. First of all, before we get to the opponents, how do you turn the page and not let there be anything that resonates from that game on Saturday, better or worse? How do you be focused on the uh, the opponents at hand coming up this weekend? Our, our group's pretty good about that. And I think even our staff, you know, like even after like the first game with Montana, like there, there's a ton of stuff I wasn't happy with. And our film session wasn't very pretty yesterday because there, there's things that we have to do better in order to, for these guys, I know what their goals are, and that's why, you know, I don't ask them what they want. You know, I, I demand, hey, this is what you told me, so now it's my job to demand that you do this every time, every possession. You know, we're going to continue to get better uh, because we have to. You know, we have to. And in order to beat Sac State on Thursday, uh, which is the only thing we're worried about right now is just going 1-0 and uh, and handling our business and let everybody else do their deal. Um, but we got to handle our business on Thursday, and, and our guys know we have – 
we have room to improve, which excites me uh, because a lot of teams, you know, plateaued or reached their peak a couple weeks ago. We're not even close. You know, there's, you know, there were some things that we did against Montana that was the best we've done all year. We had three or four defensive possessions that may have been our best defensive possessions all season. We gotta, we gotta have six, seven, eight of those possessions against Sac State, and then on Saturday we need to have nine to twelve of them. And then sixteen days or fifteen days from now, when is the championship? You know, then, then you got to do it for forty minutes. Sacramento State coming to Bozeman on Thursday. The Hornets in a three-way tie for fifth place with Portland State and Idaho State at 6-9 and nine in league play. Montana State went to Sac State earlier uh, this Big Sky Conference season and uh, posted a, a good victory. Coach, how has Sac State changed since then? I know that they've they've had some ups and downs. They've lost six in a row, but they still have a lot of talent on that squad. So where are we at with the Hornets coming to town? They do, you know, and they're dangerous like every other team in the league. They're they're big, they're physical. You know, I think they're the top offensive rebounding team in the conference. Um, obviously, they got Callum McRae, who's seven one two eighty, and you know he poses a problem for anybody. You know, when they're knocking down shots around them, you know they're they're as good as anybody in the league. You know, you mentioned, yeah, they may have been struggling a little bit the last you know five six games, but you know they very could very easily could have won four or five of those games. You know, they're they're losing in the last minute. You know, the record could be flipped, and so. They started off the season great. I think they're four and one in their first five games, and and uh, you know I know we're going to get their best shot. You know we're going to get their best shot. They had a good win last week or last Saturday against Idaho State, and and um, you know I know they're you know Coach Patrick. He's a good friend of mine, and you know he doesn't he does an unbelievable job coaching those guys, and I know they're going to be playing their butts off on Thursday. Montana State Minute presented by JNV Restaurant Supply. Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head men's basketball coach, joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coach, thanks so much for the time this week, and we'll catch up with you soon, but best of luck over the weekend. You bet, man. Go Cats. JNV Restaurant Supply, your home for everything kitchen. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. Plus, you can visit them online at jvrestaurant.com. Com. Hour one of the books. Hour two coming at you. A whole bunch of stuff to talk about. We'll hear from Travis DeCure, Montana head basketball coach. Jeff Hayes, Hillgate boys basketball coach. And Rajim Seabrook. Talk our way around the NFL, the NBA, and a whole bunch of other things on the docket. A little buy-sell to make up most of your hour number two. That's next. Keep it right here. On us now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of the Advocates If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.